mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. <laughs> Greetings and good day to all of you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. Let's not forget, he is also in charge. He is in the captain's chair and he is at the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. Today is Monday, July 31st, the last day of July before we head into August 2023. And you are listening to episode 586, the Magna Carta Magnificence. And we'll be doing a reading out of Psalm 57. But first, a little daily disclaimer that I know a lot of people out there just are huge fans of it. I know it's so it's, it's actually quite funny, actually, how many people are big admirers of this daily disclaimer. I mean, it's just funny. So this goes out to all the Karens and Darrens and all the other derelicts out there. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly, yes, that's right, still a legit member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly and advocate for your participation in your local General Journal Assembly, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups that try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States National, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. I should probably also add, I'm also not a Freemason, just so you know, or I'm not a member of any other occult out there that tries to infiltrate. And lastly, I have never participated in any fraudulent status correcting Associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, David Strait and Company, and furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. Please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this show are my own unless otherwise referenced. So again, there you go to all the Karens and Darrens and other derelicts out there and charlatans out west. There you go. Hope you like that. Welcome to this show. So speaking to, of the derelicts and the reprobates, 
saw an interesting thing that got uh, is getting sent around. Now, this is more, I could speak on this because this is not, I repeat, this is not lawful assembly business. This is not legitimate assembly business. This is done by rogue elements. And so if you're in a state that received communication in some sort of pseudo formal email by someone in Michigan, we'll just say that because they're nobody. And it's called a declaration of quote unquote fact. I'm just going to tell you right now, I posted it on my telegram. You might want to be very, very cautious when taking that notice, because again, they claim that it's a rebuttal of alleged MGJA adjournment, which it is. These people don't have any standing. In fact, I'm going to read you my telegram uh, post that I posted along with this screenshot. So basically what I said earlier today was if you are receiving this in your state's communication email, all I will say to the wise and who are faithfully seeking discernment from our Heavenly Father, these bunch of reprobates have zero standing. With, with a busted hand, these those with substance and who have lawful standing are holding all the aces and now these people are shooting aimlessly. That said, I take my JCO, which is a general covenant of office, by the way, I take my JCO very seriously and it would be a violation for me to post MGJA official business and documents on that platform. And it should be all you need to know in order to understand who's who. This is not official MGJA business or documentation. So again, I would be very, very cautious, ladies and gentlemen, especially if you don't know the full scope of what's going on and you are truly just a man or a woman who just wants to help return this country back to sovereignty and freedom and to get these bad SOBs out of the way and have justice served to them so we can move forward as a body politic of the people, truly by the people and not this de facto cabal international banker ran and operated syndicate that we have seen that's going on because right now what we're dealing with are a bunch of derelicts and low-level agents and they are going to be dealt with their last hand has been dealt their last in fact they've made their last move on that chessboard if you will and that's coming from somebody else who happens to have a lot more intelligence than i do and happen to know happens to know a lot more than self but they have played their last piece on the board and they they've made their last move there's no other move and so now basically what they're doing is they're throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks so use discretion and be very cautious and who you tangle yourself up with if you want to know exactly who's who and you want to get official updates on assembly stuff you can go to www.national-assembly.net that's www national-assembly.net. You can find all you need right there, as well as michigandejure.org. That's www.michigandejure.org. Those reprobates have not taken that over. So just FYI. So moving on, because I got a lot to cover, and something inside of me wanted to kind of cover the Magna Carta. Now, I'm not going to read the Magna Carta word for word because it's a very long, lengthy document. But the Magna Carta was 
of immense importance for several reasons. For one, for well, one reason is because of the limiting of the monarch's power, right? Because it curtailed the absolute authority of the king and established the idea that even the king was subject to the law. And this was a significant step towards constitutional governance and the principle that no one, not even the ruler, is above the law. Why? Because God is above it all. Um, another thing that it kind of goes over is the protection of rights and liberties, because the Magna Carta outlines a set of rights and liberties that applied and applies, I should say, to all individual men and women in the kingdom, not just the nobility. And it introduced the concept of due process, ensuring fair trials and protecting individuals from arbitrary arrest or imprisonment, right? Um, the Magna Carta established the rule of law by setting forth principles of justice and due process. See, the Magna Carta laid the groundwork for the rule of law, emphasizing that law should be, um, law should govern the nation, not at the whims of the ruler. And this concept has been very fundamental in modern societies. Another thing that it talks about in there is about church and state relations, about the charter, you know, because this charter acknowledged the rights and privileges of the English church, safeguarding its autonomy and freedom to elect its leaders without interference from the crown. Now, this helped establish a balance between the church and the state's power. And then it talks about, you know, the inheritance taxes and protection of widows, trade, commerce, accountability and oversight, enduring legacy. So, I mean, it gets into all this, which we're going to get into here at the tail end of the uh, the second half of the show after we do the reading of Psalm 57. But overall, the Magna Carta significance lies in its role as a groundbreaking document that championed the principles of justice, limited government, you know, govern, you know, government power and individual rights. Its legacy continues to resonate even today, reminding us of the enduring importance of upholding the rule of law and protecting the rights of all men and women in society. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, one of the main founding documents on top, you know, below the Bible, I should say, because the Bible is the first primary source of foundation that the National Assembly of People stand on. But then you also have the Magna Carta. Now, before we get into that, let's get into the reading. Psalm 57, starting, uh, this is a prayer for safety from enemies to the chief musician set to do not destroy, which is a mictum of David when he fled from Saul into the cave. And it, can, and, it, and it starts off, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me for my soul's trust in you, or my soul trust in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. Salah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Selah. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. 
I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. And that is the reading of Psalm 57, verses 1 through, uh, I believe, 12. Some Bibles say 11, some say 12. It just depends what that opening statement is classified as. Um, So anyway, so... Now, that was out of the New King James Version Bible, by the way. But this passage in Psalm 57 is attributed to David when he was fleeing from Saul and took refuge in a cave. And it is a prayer for safety from enemies where David seeks God's protection and deliverance from those who seek to harm him. Now, let's break down some of the key points and lessons that we can take and apply in our own life. Because... With every lesson, with everything that we, with everything that we read in the Bible, we try to take away some lessons. And somebody in the chat was asking, "Is this live, real time speaking?" Yes, it is real time speaking. Welcome to the show. Really happy to have you. But some of the lessons that we can take away from Psalm fifty-seven is, first off, number one, trust in God, right? Because David's soul trust in God, finding refuge in the shadow of his wings. And the lesson here is to place our trust in God during times of difficulty and seek his protection. This has kind of been a common theme that we've been reading over the last several chapters leading up to Psalm 57. Another lesson that we can take away from here is crying out to God because David cries out to God most high, acknowledging that God is the one who performs all things for him. And we should also turn to God in prayer, knowing that he has the power to save us from our troubles. Another lesson is about God's mercy and truth, right? Because David believes that God will send mercy and truth from heaven to save him from his enemies. And this this should remind us of God's loving kindness and faithfulness to help us in times of trouble. And as far as facing adversity, David describes his adversaries as lions, right? He he talks about them and references them as lions setting him on fire with their words and with their intentions. Because in life, and we all know this, we're all seeing this real time, actively, that we are encountering challenges and will continue to encounter challenges and hostile people. But we need to remember we can always find strength in God to endure and overcome without fail. Then you got God's exaltation, right? Because throughout the prayer, David exalts God, acknowledging his greatness and sovereignty. And so this lesson ultimately is to recognize God's majesty above all things and praise him in both good and difficult times. Because look, God never said we were always going to be guaranteed easy times. That's not why we are here. Now, he didn't send us here to go through hell, but he also sent us here to perform uh, specific missions for him. Now, what those missions, I don't know. It's up to each man and woman here on earth who hears God's calling. So your mission is going to be completely different from my mission, but are you hearing him? This is why we need to drown out all the noise and we need to stop filling our heads and our bodies and our minds with junk food and junk music and junk TV and it just destroys us inside and out. And what it does is it, 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 it creates static from being able to hear God clearly in what he wants us to do, right? To hear his calling. 
Now, another lesson we could take away from here is the steadfastness in worshiping. Because again, despite the hardships, David's heart remains steadfast in God. He sings, he gives praise. And with this, we can learn to maintain our worship and praise to God even during these trials, knowing that he is worthy of our adoration. And, and then another thing we can discuss here and another lesson that I think is pretty relevant is gratitude and praise. And again, you know me, guys, I'm a big proponent on always showing and giving gratitude to God because David commits to praising God among the people and the nations expressing gratitude for God's boundless mercy and truth. And that we should also cultivate a heart of gratitude and spread God's goodness to others. See, in our lives, we can apply these, le- uh, these lessons by seeking God's protection and guidance during challenging times. Remaining steadfast in our faith and worship. And again, I can't reiterate this enough, expressing gratitude for his mercy and truth and acknowledging God's greatness above all else. Now, additionally, This passage encourages us to rely solely on God's strength and trust in his deliverance when facing adversaries or difficult circumstances. Through prayer and praise, we can draw closer to God and find comfort in his presence, just as David did in his time of distress. Folks, this could not be more thing for times like this that we're going through. Yes, we are dealing with reprobates, a.k.a. adversaries. We're dealing with people who use their words and their teeth as spears and arrows to try to pierce us at every moment they get a chance to. They do whatever they can to set snares and, and, and set up traps of deception and deceit to try to capture unsuspecting people who are just honestly just good men and women who want nothing more than to be a part of helping restoring this republic. But, you know, these demons know exactly full well what they're doing by by going after people who just don't know any better. And truth be told, I used to be one of the people, and it pisses me off that I fell so hard for the lies and deception. And I'm not one that's easily deceived, but hey, it happened to me. I'm just saying, I'm not impervious to it. But because of God and a wonderful wife and a little bit of gray matter in my skull to tell me, hey, dummy, maybe you should listen to God and listen to your wife because there's something going on here that you need to be awakened to. And boy, buddy, did I awaken to it. And then once I opened up my eyes and opened up my ears, damn, did I see what was going on. Oscar was just saying right here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6, New King James Version. Amen to that. Thank you, Oscar, for that. Absolutely. See, they know who they are, and we know who we are. They know that they are fighting a losing battle, and we know that our battle has already been won. It's not even our battle. It's God's battle. We just happen to be the soldiers within it. 
And all they can do is do their absolute best to deceive, lie, cheat, push, shove, you name it, spread inflammatory rhetoric. Again, aimlessly shooting in the air, hoping to hit something to knock it out of the sky. These people have nothing to stand on. They have no foundation. They can claim all day long that they are brothers and followers of Christ. But remember what the Pharisees and Sadducees said to Christ, you know, what these people tried telling Jesus. And again, I'm just paraphrasing here because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but, you know, Lord, Lord, we, we cast out demons in your name. We performed miracles in your name. We did all these things in your name. We honor you. And what did Jesus say? Depart from me, for I never knew you. Very profound. So just because you have somebody who has a title of pastor or priest or doctor, or they have some sort of title and they think they carry some sort of notoriety or some sort of status, or they they claim to be one of the biggest Christians out there because they can quote scripture left, right, and sideways. Look, I read a lot of Bible, ladies and gentlemen, but my memory sucks. I can't quote verse for verse except my favorite verses. But yet you get people that spend every waking moment to like memorize half the Bible or more for what? To prove something that they really are not. Anybody can remember some verses if you really wanted to and and spit them out to make it look like you're a godly person, right? To the perception of those that are looking at you. Anybody can do that. And yes, Oscar just put right here in the chat. I'm glad he's putting this in here. They did those things in his name, yes, but they did it for their own glory. Jesus knew their intentions. That's right. They were self-serving in their intentions and not having the mind of serving others. And yeah, even Rietta was saying right here, even the demons know scripture. Yes, they do. They believe in Jesus and God. Doesn't mean they have a relationship with him, but they sure know who he is. So anyway. Pivoting a little bit off now from Psalm 57 to the magnificence of the Magna Carta. Again, I'm not going to read it word for word, but you can find it on national-assembly.net if you care to read it. It is a very long document, but I would highly encourage reading it. But we're going to just kind of discuss it and 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 just, you know, touch on it here and, and why it's so important. Because I don't think a lot of people really realize exactly what the Magna Carta is. And that's what I want to touch on today. Because, you know, as we kind of journey back in time, back into the year of 1215 in England, when this historic document called the Magna Carta was created, I don't think people realize that this charter was a very pivotal moment in history or in the history of law, I should say. And the rights of man. See, at that time, England was ruled by King John, right? Who was uh, considered a controversial and a, and a, uh, and a 
an unpopular monarch, right? The barons who were powerful nobles in the kingdom were deeply dissatisfied uh, with the king's reign. Uh, They believed that King John abused his power and unfairly imposed heavy taxes on them. Kind of sounds a little familiar with what we're dealing with today with this de facto swampland that we call D.C. But in response to their grievances, a group of barons rebelled against the king and took control of London. Now, amidst this turmoil, King John was forced to negotiate with the barons, and this led to the creation of the Magna Carta. It was essentially a peace treaty between the king and his subjects and outlining a, uh, a set of rights and liberties that would apply to everyone in the kingdom. See, one, one, one crucial aspect of the Magna Carta was, is, is, um, was its acknowledgement of the rights and privileges of the English church, and it ensured that the church could freely elect its own leaders without interference from the king or the crown. Might I add the Vatican? Because of the Treaty of Verona, I believe is also one of the biggest reasons why the Magna Carta came about. Which the Treaty of Verona, in 12, I think it, what was it? I think Destry, can, if you could put it in the chat, I think it was 1213, if I'm not mistaken, my, my date. The Treaty of Verona came out by the Vatican in 1213 AD, which basically ultimately claimed all souls and all land of the world. See, this was a great significance in a time when the church played a prominent role in people's lives. Now, the Magna Carta also introduced the principle of due process, which meant that no one could be arrested or imprisoned without a fair trial. And this concept became the foundation of modern legal systems, guaranteeing that individuals have the right to be judged by their peers or in accordance to the law. Now, furthermore, the charter addressed the issue of inheritance. When a landowner died and their heir was underage, they shouldn't be charged an exorbitant fee to inherit their family's lands. So the Magna Carta established a fair system of reliefs, which set reasonable amounts to be paid for the transfer of land from one generation to another. In addition to inheritance, you know, the Magna Carta tackled the matters of taxes. And it established that the king could not levy arbitrary taxes without the consent of his barons. Now, this principle marked a very significant shift towards more accountability and representative governance as it involved the nobility in decisions regarding the king's finances. Now, another notable provision was the protection of widows' rights. It ensured that widows received their rightful inheritance without facing undue pressure to remarry against their will. That's right. And this was a significant advancement in women's rights and property ownership during a time when women often faced discrimination in matters of inheritance. They did. The Magna Carta also had an important implications for merchants and traders. It granted them the right to safe and secure travel throughout the kingdom, free from excessive tolls and taxes. And this provision was a boon 
for commerce and trade as it encouraged economic activity and prosperity. Now, perhaps one of the most revolutionary aspects of the Magna Carta was the idea that no one, not even the king, is above the law. Amen to that. Because it, you know, it, it, what it did is it curtailed the king's absolute authority and emphasized that he must abide by the same laws as his subjects. This notion of legal equality laid the groundwork for the development of constitutional law and the concept of government ruled by the law rather than by arbitrary power. Again, we don't live in a rules for thee but not for me system yes that's what they tried passing along to us over the last 100 to 120 years but no more see this was to ensure the king's compliance with the magna carta which came from a group of 25 barons who were appointed as overseers now ladies and gentlemen why do you think we have 30 people as a minimum to start a you know reassemble a state see originally it was 25 and then you had your two alternates right so 25 plus two Destry or oscar feel free to step in here if i misspeak or if i misremember but i believe it was 25 plus two that's where our grand juries come from okay but for good measure we have it at 30. there's a reason why we did another three i cannot remember why Destry told me i just can't remember but this is where this comes from, is the Magna Carta. A group of 25 barons was appointed as overseers. These barons had the authority to enforce, that's what it was, plus four investigators. Thank you for that. Two investigators and a bailiff. Awesome. This is why I love having these people here. Yes. An investigative committee of four, two investigators, or well, let's see, Angie says investigative committee of four, but Destry's saying two investigators and a bailiff. So I'm, I'm going to go with Destry on this one because he's been learning this for quite a minute here. Um, yeah, 25 plus two alternate, two investigators and a bailiff. There you go. There's your 30. 25, two alternate, two investigators and a bailiff. That makes you 30. For those that want to know why the magic number of 30 as a minimum to reassemble a state, I will say this one more time, 25 plus two alternates for your grand jury, two investigators, and a bailiff. Now, these barons had the authority to enforce the charter's provisions and, if necessary, to take action against the king if he violated its terms. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is the power of the grand jury and the people. Back then, when this Magna Carta came out, the people made the king accountable for his actions, that he had to abide by the same laws and rules. Do you think that these reprobates that are trying to actively, you know, participate in this coup, you think they're going to be any different? Hell no. They're going to get steamrolled on their asses. If we the people could do it to a king, believe me, we can do it to some low-level scumbag agents. Just saying. God is good. See, this mechanism was designed to hold the king accountable and to safeguard the rights and freedoms of the people.
Are you hearing me, folks? Why do you think the Magna Carta is one of our main foundational building blocks of the assembly? See, the significance of the Magna Carta extends far, far, far beyond immediate historical context. Its principles and ideas have inspired countless generations and influenced the development of a type of governments, particularly a Republican form of governance, and human rights worldwide. See, this charter stands as a symbol of the enduring struggle for liberty, justice, and the rule of law. And like Destry was saying right here, their job is to grow false assemblies that will not pass the acid test given by military. But not only are they, you know, not only is their job to grow false assemblies, but they're also there to grow or oh, not grow. That's the wrong word. They're there to add more dirt in the water to create mud. So people are a little bit more blinded and don't know exactly where to go. And like he was saying right here in this next comment, those who are engaged in the coup have no clue to the next several steps. I, I, my coworker today, the guy that I'm training at work, we were delivering some diesel at a, a third party um, company. And he asked me, because this is the one I've been kind of red pilling and, 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 and slowly dropping uh, truth bombs in his world reality. And so today we were just, and this came out of nowhere. He was like, so I guess I'm struggling to, to, to figure something out in my mind. I'm like, yeah, shoot, what's up? He says, so all you need is 30 people to assemble a state, right? I said, correct. And he says, that's it, just 30, right? I said, well, yeah, minimum, but there could be as upward as 100, 200 people assembly, but yet minimum, yes, you need 30. He goes, so you're telling me that in all 50 states, it's hard to get 30 people in all 50 states? He goes, it can't be that hard. I said, you know, dude, you're right. I asked the same question and I said the same thing. I said, here lies in the problem. I said, but we're not going to be focused on the problem. We're going to be focused on the solution. But here is, uh, here's how I'm going to address what you're talking about, what, what your concern. You have a lot of people that maybe there's money as a motivation. I don't know. There's a lot of different types of motivation out there. I said, but there's a $50,000 bounty ruin and split up the assembly. That's number one. But number two, even if they don't have money in mind, maybe there's some other motivation. I don't know what that is. I said, but here's the thing. They are there to stir the muddy water and create confusion because they know whoever's paying them, they know that if they do good, obviously they can move up in status, they can move up in power and whatever else. But their big goal is to sow confusion, to sow discord and division and, and create mental exhaustion. So then when Joe Blow comes walking past you and enters into your life as a stranger and you start kind of dropping some red pills his way, talk about the National Assembly and yada, yada, yada. But meanwhile, he was already approached by AVR and David Lawrence and, 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 and scumbag idiots like uh, uh, Patriot Street Fighter and hearing people like, you know, uh, how, how, you know, people like, I, I, I don't know, you know, just different people from different movements 
they're going to look at the National Assembly but and ask, well, how do I know this is the lawful one? I already saw eight other people with eight other groups that said they were the lawful one. How do I know this one is? Well, you're right, Joe, Joe Sixpack, you don't. That's why you need to have a good, close relationship with your Godfather in heaven, learn how to have discernment, maybe self-educate yourself and stop taking what people are telling you and start digging what you need. Don't just go for the low-hanging fruit that people are giving you. Climb up in that tree. Find the actual good fruit. Get up there. Climb high. Get scratched up a little bit. Get sweaty while you're climbing. Don't just go for the low-hanging fruit and think that's going to suffice. That's not how that works. But if you're the type of individual that doesn't want to put in the hard mental gymnastics of learning and reading and self-educating and listening to podcasts like this or going on national-assembly.net and reading for yourself or listening to the Thursday night call and listen to the 2000-25 reading of the uh, field training manual by Oscar or listen to Bill Hermanson in his presentations and ask questions, then you're not our kind of people that's going to help return this country back to self-governance and restore this constitutional republic. You're just not our people. Sorry, step aside. Go status correct then. Go go see where that goes, because I guarantee you, you're going to have a hard time buying a firearm at the store. Good luck. Rietta was just saying right here, I had a conversation with a friend the other day, and that's exactly the chat we had. Thankfully, we had lots of resources I could give her. She isn't confused anymore. Bravo, and I think that deserves a round of applause. Yeah. That's absolutely awesome. Okay. Not everybody's going to get it. And when I explained this to my buddy, Mark, he is like, this makes sense. He goes, that makes sense. And so anyway, back to this Magna Carta, I want to kind of round out to a, a bit of a conclusion here. See, what people don't realize is the Magna Carta was an extraordinary document that addressed pressing issues of its time and established fundamental principles of justice, due process, and governance. It marked a critical milestone in the advancement of individual rights and freedoms. The Magna Carta's legacy continues to resonate in modern societies, reminding us of the enduring importance of upholding the rule of law. You know, the rule of law that Trump always often spoke about? Yeah, that rule of law. And by protecting the rights of all men and women, regardless of their status or position. Again, regardless of their status or position. Folks, I'm not sure really how else to say all this stuff as I continue to spread this knowledge and information. And look, I'm still learning myself. So I just, let me just 
let me just put that out there. Like Oscar said last week on the show, do not put us on pedestals. Do not put us on pedestals and do not think that our names need to be remembered among groups of people. No, they do not. The one that needs to be put up on a pedestal and needs to be remembered is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and Father in heaven. Okay? But we are just simply here to learn and to spread that knowledge, to keep learning, to keep spreading knowledge, but most importantly, to keep spreading God's word and to learn how to drown out the noise so we have an easier time hearing God's call. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, because I have people that send me screenshots and they're part of other groups that like to try to defame me and people who once liked this podcast, right? They thought that this podcast was such a great idea. Oh man, like they were my best friend. A lot of these people, these reprobates that are, you know, participating in this coup. And when they realize that Jason Jones, oh my gosh, he actually is a truck driver with gray matter inside his skull and he knows how to use critical thinking and he's starting to realize what's going on, crap. And they started realizing I wasn't going along with their agenda. And yes, thank you, Rita, for bringing that up. And no, I cannot be bought. Look, yes, there is a give, send, go out there. I don't really care one way or another if you if anybody ever donates to that. Quite frankly, I'd rather have the prayers and I'd rather have the shares. The prayers and the shares of this show. That's really what's important for me. But guess what? And I'm not doing this to name drop, but I'm telling you right now, I've noticed a trend with people who no longer really listen to this show but used to be contributors of this show on small incremental basis. They will give little bits here and there. They give little bits here and there, right? Little little pittance, right? Little donation here, little donation there. Eventually it adds up to 70, 80, 90, 100 bucks. And then these people are like, hey, let's have coffee. Let's meet up. Let's talk. About what? What do you want to talk about? Nah, I'm good. I'm busy. I don't know you because you're going to give me a few bucks here and there. You think that deserves me traveling across the street, you know, across the state of Michigan and, and discuss something with somebody I don't know. Nah, I'm good. And then, and then when that doesn't work, those people kind of fall to the wayside and they never come back on this platform again and they stop giving, which again, I don't care about that part. What I'm saying, I'm making a point here. Then I had an individual from somewhere in the Southern part of the States was starting to contribute five, 10 bucks, whatever, here and there. Now, granted, they didn't really ask for anything or, you know, anything like that. So maybe that was a legit uh, guy that, you know, he just, you know, he wanted to support the show, which I really often appreciate. But then I had a certain somebody, which I'm going to keep names nameless here, but a certain somebody who happens to follow Madison Marquette, and she's a follower of Madison, and I'm not going to sit here and disparage anybody or anything like that. But but I notice these kind of things where people will. And I had one yesterday, like one person donated 150 bucks just yesterday had somebody, which is a name you probably will all you know, be familiar with. I had someone by the name of Seth Cashel drop one hundred dollars on the gifts and go page. Well, 
the reason that came about is because on Truth Social, and I'm, I'm making a point here, folks, but on Truth Social, let me pull something up here. Let me read something to you. This was something that I directed at Clay Clark because he was talking about his Reawaken America tour and yada, yada, yada. But back to the comment that, you know, that that Rietta said here, Jason can't be bought. And yes, neither can Destry. He just put in here, me either. But I put in here, Clay at Clay Clark, do you really want to reawaken America? Why don't you talk with some good men, good God-loving men and women in the lawful National Assembly about how we are actively returning the country back into the hands of we the people and returning to original jurisdiction? Or are you guys just stuck on being P-A-Y, patriots, and profiting off the hope of good men and women of this country? What solid and lawful solutions are you giving the people to get back their country? Now, needless to say, I didn't get any response from Clay Clark, but from the Seth Keschel, a.k.a. Captain K, who I guessed used to be in intelligence, military intelligence, but he's, you know, on the Reawaken America tour with General Flynn and Clay Clark, and he's aligned with Stu Peters. And this is what he says. I've had, this is what Seth says to me. I've had a, I've had a look at your website for your podcast and think it's a great idea. And one, one, our country is sorely in need of. I'm also confident your character is above and better than this comment, which was the comment I just read, better than this comment that I would, wouldn't would have seen had I not been tagged by Tom Renz. I spoke at my first Reawaken America event in August of 2021 without a fee and have never received one in many appearances since but I'm honored to engage the newly awake by the thousands. Please reach me if you'd like to attend an event on my dime. Okay. Now, at first I thought, well, that's really nice of him. Like, that's really nice. Because if you go and look up Seth Cashel or whatever, however you say his last name, forgive me if I'm butchering it. But do you, do, if you look up his following, he's got quite a big of following, you know, 89,000 people. And when I saw that $100 getting dropped, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's your angle? Because nobody, look, I'm sorry, nobody who just reads a comment off of True Social with that kind of follow, who's part of the Reawaken America tour with General Flynn and Clay Clark and is aligned with Stu Peters. I'm sorry, you don't just go to a website and say, hey, I like your podcast because I guarantee you probably didn't listen to any more than like five minutes of it, if that, and then drop a hundred dollars and then say, hey, like I'm going to, I will pay for your Reawaken America tour ticket if you ever want to go see what we're about. Uh, dude, like I look at first I was like, okay, that's awesome. Thanks. But what's your angle here? See, my inkling is I feel like they're trying to fish to see where my 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 uh, threshold is. Will he bite? Somebody was just asking, do you want him on the show? No, that is not the point here. I, I, I don't really want anybody on the show unless, yes, unless Destry was on it, honestly, because he said maybe I should attend. I would have him on the show if Destry was on. Absolutely. I would entertain that all day long. But the only people that I will have on here and have a dialogue with are people that I know and trust. Oscar, Bill Hermanson, which, by the way, 
He will be on tomorrow, August 1st, talking about the truth of the Titanic, by the way. So be sure to attend that 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time. The truth of the Titanic. But I will not have people on here other than Bill, uh, Oscar, uh, Lisa in Georgia, right? Destry. I mean, if it wasn't for Destry's, you know, never-ending job of welding and fabricating and, and, and uh, you know, building a pole barn and pretty much doing stuff that Alaska people do, which is pretty much work 24-7 because it's Alaska. There's no such thing as leisurely time up there um, and the time difference. But, no, I'm serious. You know, only very specific people. Brock in Wisconsin, I will, I will have him on again. And notice that there's certain somebody who is from Wisconsin that I will not have on, and I did not mention their name, but I am not going to have them on on this show ever. You guys know who I'm talking about. There is only a few people that I know that I will allow on here because this is the voice of the people in the assembly. This is not the, 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 the platform where a voice for the reprobates gets echoed. Uh-uh, not having that crap happen. I don't care if somebody approaches me and says, hey, bro, I'll give you $100,000. You step away from this podcast right now, and I'll offer you a job that pays $140,000. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. Back up, dude. I got a good six-figure income. Yeah, I got to put a lot of hours into it, but you can go pound sand and get the hell away from me because you're not going to buy me off. Because one thing I'm not going to do is sell my soul here and lose or, you know, sell my, you know, gain all the riches of this world here in this temporary time we're on this earth and lose my soul for eternity. Absolutely not. Because that is more precious to me than any worthless greenbacks on this earth. But yeah, Destry is saying, bet they would never invite me again after I sink their boat. <laughs> not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. I like it. Oscar says second, second Destry to, and Jason to reawaken tour. <laughs> That'd be great. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, there's a lot of people, they want this podcast down. They want it down. They're going to get, they, they're going to try to defame me. There's some moron out there. Uh, again, I'm not, you know, I'm just not going to name names cause I'm not going to give them audience. You know, there's some idiots out there with small followings trying to defame me. Not a big deal. Water on a duck's back. Look, that's how it is. You know, when I used to DJ, I used to have so many people that really loved what I did. But then I also had those haters like, dude, you freaking suck. You're a terrible remixer. You don't know what you're doing. You know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I've heard all the insults before. I've gotten all the verbal grenades before. Quite frankly, guess what? God gave me an I don't give a shit mentality. And I apologize for the for the verbal um, swear word there. But I'm just being real with you guys. He gave me a don't give a crap mentality i don't so people could say what they want all day long i don't care have at it enjoy yourself but just remember you spread that rhetoric don't think it's gonna go on you're gonna go unscathed i will come at you bro and i will drop some truth bombs and call you out i've done it on this show before i'll do it in the comment section as well don't think that i won't you you'll go unnoticed i'll come back at you and you're going to hate it. And yeah, like Coastal Runner, a.k.a. Mom, like she said right here, because she knows me. She says, you are not going to sell your integrity. No, that's I refuse to do that. 
Absolutely refuse to do that. So, so anyways, before we get into prayer, I want to let you know again, Bill Hermanson will be on the show tomorrow. He is with the Missouri General General Assembly, and he will be discussing the truth about the Titanic. He will be discussing about the real story of the Titanic. And that show will be starting at 7, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. If you want to email the show, it's hishardline at gmail.com, hishardline at gmail.com. If you want to send me hate mail, go on right ahead. Put your most hateful subject matter in the subject line. I'll be sure that it hits the round file. And uh, that's my special file for play, you know, for emails like that. But if you're really legitimately curious about how to be a part of your state's assembly, you can either email me again at hishardline at gmail.com or content manager, the number one at, boy, I hope I get this right, at yahoo.com. Industry, correct me if that's incorrect. Content, C-O-N-T-E-N-T, manager, M-A-N-A-G-E-R, the number one, at yahoo.com. Gosh, I got to go in my email real quick just to make sure. Hold on. I don't want to give the wrong email. Hold on. Because I know Destry sometimes his phone is on the other side of the shop and he's on his Bluetooth. Hold on. Uh, Content content yeah there it is yep content manager the number one at yahoo.com there and he just put it in in the uh in the chat here good deal thanks destry and thank you oscar appreciate that you guys are awesome so we're gonna do a prayer and guess what i have a special treat for you so because of my djing background speaking of djing there's always part of me that still loves a good as we call it in the nightclub world, right? In the DJ world, a good headbanger, right? And not like heavy metal headbanging. I'm talking like, you know, fist pumping, you know, right? Kind of like that Swedish house mafia music that uh, Oscar likes so much, right? That Don't You Worry Child song that I played last week. So I found some good songs that are remixed with electro and EDM music um, with Christian music like, oh, I don't know, Lauren Dangle, Jeremy Camp, uh, Newsboys. I got some good EDM mixes. They're about three, three and a half minutes long, but really good up-tempo songs, but are still Christ-centered. So today, which is my ultimate favorite Christian song by Jeremy Camp, Dead Man Walking, I found an awesome mix for this, and I look forward to playing this. I love it. This is so freaking cool. And like I said, this is just... If, if I ever became a DJ again, I would play nothing but Christian EDM music, right? Praising God and, and just giving all glory to God and Jesus Christ. Like, I, I, like let's fist pump, let's fist pump for, for Christ, right? And we all drink water all night. Not getting hammered with drinks and vodka and beer. Drink water all night. I mean, okay, maybe we might have a little bit of wine. But, like, we just dance and have fun, right? Like, good, solid fun just dancing the night away, praising God and Jesus Christ. Like, that'd be awesome, right? So anyway, so let's do the prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you so very much for all that you do, for all that you are, and all that you share here on this platform. You are an amazing God. You're just, you do so much for us that there's so much that we can be thankful for, but there's just not enough time in a day to list it all out. 
We are so very blessed. And Father, we just ask that you continuously guide us, guide our thoughts, our words, our actions, and help us return not just to original jurisdiction and help us get back to self-governance as we the people in this nation. But we ask that more people turn to you more importantly, because God, we need more. We can't listen. We can't live in a righteous country if you are not at the center of it all. And so let the people of this nation learn how to turn to you and how to have a relationship with you, how to talk with you, how to pray with you and for you and to you that they will eventually learn to put you at the center of their life and at the center of their marriage and at the center of their heart. You are an amazing God and we thank you every day not just for what you give us, but for the relationships that you bring into our lives, this community here at His Heart Line. We thank you for every single man and woman that's here. And Rietta adds to the prayer, Lord, thank you for giving us the boldness and the perseverance to run the race. Lord, many are hurting and need your touch. Please, Lord, give them a special touch of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, protect the lawful assembly and those involved. Bless those who are fighting for liberty. And we also pray for those who have special intentions in their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, Hold on, before I say amen, I want to make sure there's no other prayers. Amen. Yes, amen. I hope everybody has an excellent, excellent day or night, wherever you're at in the world. And like I said, I'm going to be uh, playing this Jeremy Camp remix called Dead Man Walking. One of my favorite songs because I resonate so much with it. And then we will close out the show. And we will be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. sharp, Eastern Daylight Time with Bill Hermanson with the Missouri General General Assembly. I hope you all have a very, very, very blessed night. God bless. Freedom was something I never found. Trying to find six feet underground I knew the weight of all of my sin Fighting the fight that I couldn't win
Why you're hearing this song across the station? Wanna move forward, not stagnant, plan them so we stay steady, not random. Painting a candid, look so good you could call it handsome. Gave us the power, not standard, plugged in, phantom, opera, anthem. When they ask what jewels I require, I say God, cause he's taking me
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heart Line. 
We'll see you back here next time. time.